welcome to In the Name of Game. Welcome once again to In the Name of Game, a video game podcast. Today is October 13, 2011. Once again, welcome to our show. I'm your host, Iggy. I am your co-host, David. And uh, welcome back again. Uh, we had a bit of a break last week, but we're back. Uh, Colin and Adam aren't here, but hopefully they'll be back next week. Um, I'm betting that Colin's just going <laughs> to explode through the wall halfway through this podcast. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, Colin, since he's, he's in a different time zone, <laughs> I think he's passed out because I, yeah. I tried to contact him and... No, no reply. So uh, that's all <laughs> story, right. For those viewers at home, the story was that he's usually very tired doing these podcasts, and uh, so he was going to try to catch a few winks uh, before we started this week. But it looks like that plan might have backfired on him, and he is now uh, partying <laughs> with the Sandman right now. So. It's like it's like one of those. Uh, was it Nightmare on Elm Street? No, wait. Yeah, yeah he's like, I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna close my eyes just for a minute or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and then all of a sudden he's getting killed by Freddy or something. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, aside from, aside from that, we got some interesting topics to talk about today. Uh, yeah, <laughs> what is the laugh for? No, it's just funny. Uh, um, uh, well, actually, we have one that I, I was uh, taking an interest in myself, which is the fact that Bioware has finally officially said yes. We are doing multiplayer for um, for Mass Effect Three, and uh, I think at least the initial reports are that it's going to be co-op, and that um, it'll have this interesting tie to single player. Like you're not going to be Shepard in the the co-op. I guess you make your own character, basically, like a non-Shepard human or something. But um, the co-op that you do with your friends apparently somehow links up again to single player so of course they're saying if you want the complete ending uh by doing a lot of that multiplayer like somehow it contributes to the the single player game's ending i have no idea how like maybe if you're really successful taking over zones in co-op maybe that'll mean like the war was more easily won in the single player Mm-hmm. I'm not really sure. All I know is that it's cool. It's kind of funny because people that don't want to deal with a co-op are probably going to be raging because uh, it's like, no, I just want to play, you know, the main game, which you can still do, but maybe the ending won't be as good. So uh, when they have more details on that, that'll be pretty cool to see. Right now, um, I think, I'm not sure if it's just the co-op, but the co-op is contained in something called Galaxy at War. So... Um, I think that is basically going to be a big bulk of that co-op uh, side of the game. So, uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm excited. As long as it doesn't negatively impact the main game, I have no problem with it. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like, add more things. Great. Uh, add, uh, you know, more cool love interests. That's good. I like I like that. Um, actually, they made... It's funny because when I was looking at the story talking about these these new co-op details, they, of course, have that that new Mass Effect 3 picture that has Liara and Shepard and Kaiden, uh, the three, in in one photo. And Kaiden looks pretty damn good. So they gave him him an an upgrade. I think uh, he's uh, A-OK. 
to me. We still need to do that uh, solo episode where you just talk about fantasy men that you want to uh, get busy with. But that would sound so crazy because there's no one else to bounce my ideas off of. It's literally just me spinning in circles, figuratively, saying, like, why certain characters are super amazing to me. (laughs) By the way, Izzy recently... Uh, saw the Avengers trailer and has aptly. Oh my god! She's aptly dubbed the name of this movie "Good Looking Fantasy Men" the movie. Yeah, Good Looking <laughs> so... Super Guys the movie because they all even what's his face Mark Ruffalo as a, as a, a Banner in the right. Hulk. He looks all right. He's kind of the weakest of the group, but he still doesn't look too bad. I mean, he's the, he's the uh, Sandra Bullock of the group. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> some people like him, so uh-huh. I'm sure that'll be good. I don't particularly care <laughs> for him. He was kind of cute in that uh, Jennifer Garner movie, the one where she she's like a 13-year-old that turns 30. Oh, Is that 13 gr- going on 30? Uh, 30. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, that's the only thing I can remember it recently that he's been in that I actually saw. Um, not that I watch those kind of movies normally, but, you know, anyway, so the long story short, uh, co-op in Mass Effect 3, I'm sure there's going to be more details later. Um, oh, also on, on the Bioware topic, they released, uh, the Mark of the Assassin DLC for Dragon Age 2 today. There was some fuck up because, uh, apparently I think for PC, you could accidentally get it like over the weekend. <laughs> so that was a bit of a leak. I don't know if that was on purpose or not. I think it wasn't supposed to be. Huh. But, uh, you know, that way, that way, if you liked Dragon Age 2, um, you could play with that fugly Felicia Day character that much sooner. <laughs> I still don't. It, she looks so ugly in the game. I'm not huh. saying Felicia Day looks ugly. I'm just saying that the character trying to make it look like her but still look like a Dragon Age kind of stylized character was not a good combination. <laughs> it looks weird. Mm. Um, and she kind of a, she has a really skinny body as an elf character, but her head is, is oddly proportioned to be a little too big. Bobblehead. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so anyway, if you like that, then go get it. It'll you, should, be... uh, you should start your own, like... Um like fantasy world version of like best dressed worst dressed well i'm just saying like they've already established a look for all of these model faces for dragon age 2 and it's a little bit more cartoony stylized than it was in the first dragon age but this feels like they're purposely just ignoring that style code that they have for the faces because it's like oh well we still need to make it look kind of like the real person and I don't, I don't think it works all that well. It looks a little awkward, but that's just me. So anyway, that DLC is out. Um, it's more puzzle based, which some people may not be thrilled about, like um, you know, because you're breaking into a chateau or some kind of castle. From what they've shown in the trailers, there's a lot of little puzzles, like oh, move this or step on this pressure plate or whatever. So just know that going into it, that there is still fighting like the rest of the game, but there are a lot of puzzly things. So that may be a good or a bad thing for you. Um, and uh, also in, in console gaming, uh, there was a bit of fun that Sony had to deal with uh, recently. If you want to... Like, <laughs> seriously, how, you know, we had, we've just gone through this, like, massive 
thing of Sony getting massively hacked wrong, along with like every other computer-based company in the universe getting hacked. And uh, but Sony goes through this whole hell, and then uh, and then there's this whole you know like uh, opt you know opt out. Oh, the opt our, yeah the opt outs. Yeah. So it was like, hey, but guys, new you you know you know if any of you listened to our previous episode, they. Uh, they did this new uh, end user license agreement where it was basically like, hey, so by default, you got to opt out of the option to do a, a class action lawsuit. Um, and then, uh, so now, just this past week, Shabam's Sony has been hacked again, or I guess. Well, they weren't actually hacked. They, they, they tried to hack. Exactly. There was an attempt to uh, compromise accounts. And uh, but it's like man oh man <laughs> like how quickly you know and it's like I remember when I when that you, you know end user license thing I was like dude like like yeah you know I wonder what the probability is that they'll be hacked again <laughs> now that like they've they probably got like some super awesome Pentagon style um, defenses but it's well, like nah. To be fair, this wasn't exactly a hacking attempt. What happened was uh, whoever was involved had a. Uh, a list of all the compromised accounts from, you know, both before and maybe other sources. So yeah. basically, they were just trying to log in to every single one of these accounts that they had info for. Oh, right and on. apparently, if you were affected, I think Sony emailed you to tell you to reset your password. I didn't yeah. get an email, so hopefully that means nobody tried to, yeah. to log in. Although, you know, I mean, most people like myself already changed our login information. Yeah. So if they did try, it wouldn't have worked. Yeah, exactly. um, yeah, but it's it's still just another one of those things that makes you realize maybe I should do that opt-out letter if you haven't already. Um, there is also, uh, I don't know how reliable, reliable it is. It's probably better for you to still do it yourself. But there's also a site that's cropped up that's tried to help people with the opt-out process. If you're lazy, like my boyfriend is sometimes, um, <laughs> there's a site called, it's just gamersoptout.com, and it helps you do a form letter for both the Sony thing and also for the EA stuff for um, for their, or I think it's for Origin. I, I personally don't know the details for the Origin one because I haven't even messed with Origin, so I'm not sure why you'd need to opt out of whatever that is. I'm sure I'll find out when I get uh, uh, Old Republic later in the year. Um, so they give you a form at, at games, gamersoptout.com where you fill out all the information, you send it to them, and they will actually print it and mail those out for you. Wow. And they have an, uh, a status at the upper right of the page that says uh, how far they've gotten. I've noticed yeah. they slow down a bit because the last news update was on the 7th. So that's why I'm saying, you know, if it's getting close to that 30 days since you agreed to the and user license agreement, you may just want to mail it out yourself. What you could do is use their site, have it prepare, you know, the the data for, for you, and then just yeah. copy paste it and you know print it and mail it. Um, it's sure. a very simple statement. It's it's really just like a couple sentences and that's it. Because I think they're right in in the sense that you want to make it as short and clear as possible. Because I think some people were thinking of legalese and trying to make theirs like a whole paragraph saying like. Yeah. Uh, in section 15 of blah, 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 I want to make sure that I got rid of this. And that may not be the best route to go. These guys are just purely saying, I am not waiving my uh, right to, uh, let's see if I actually have the, 
I don't have the status page anymore. Um, it'll say on the status page, like you can view, you can view it yourself. But um, it's it's a very simple statement that they've prepared, <clears throat> and I think it works pretty well. So do that, or just email or mail it yourself. But definitely do it soon, because uh, with stuff like this <laughs> cropping up, I think this oh, is yeah. just another example. Like, make sure you keep your rights. You know, yeah. that's the most important thing as a consumer to retain that. Um, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. But uh, yeah, so there's there's that news. Um, I don't know if you, you still haven't finished Sonic Four, have you? Uh, no, I I am trying my damnedest to get the uh, Final Chaos Emerald right now, and it is um, it is super hard. So uh, working on it, but but yeah, right. There's a recent uh, price drop. Is that right? Yeah. Um, now it's permanently ten dollars. So if anybody was curious and they just were also kind of cheapskates, <laughs> then uh-huh. now is not a bad time. Or not just now, I guess any time, really. Because yeah. uh, if it's permanently $10, you know. Forever. Forever. <laughs> there was also, I, it may have already ended because Steam sales, you know, can, can stop within a day. But um, <laughs> Steam also had a, a really great sale, which they have now and then, for uh, Metro 2033 for $5. So that that if you haven't played Metro and you like first person shooters and apocalyptic settings, um, that is a good deal if it still exists. If it, if you missed it, don't worry because this is not the first time I've seen this game go on sale for five dollars. Guaranteed, uh-huh. like around the holidays, it'll probably go back to five dollars again. So <laughs> just keep that in mind. Um, oh, speaking <laughs> speaking of post apocalyptic shooters. I um, I had rented and beat uh, Rage over the weekend. Oh, and the game <laughs> is apparently appropriately named. Now, here's what I don't get. Okay, I know somebody's gonna get mad at me if they're listening to this podcast, but there, for the most part, were a lot of very positive reviews. Not super positive, I would say, from a scale of of one to 100%, uh, a hundred percent, a lot of eighty percent for um, for Rage from from a lot of big sites. You know, because they were saying there's some weaknesses, but overall it's really good. I would not agree with that. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, there's there's just so many things that that drove me nuts. And I was thinking about, like, why why do they call it Rage? Because you never like it's not like a movie where they mention the title, you know, in the game at some point. Right. And I thought, oh, it must be called Rage because that's how I feel when I'm playing it. <laughs> I just there were so many elements of it that made me think like this is this is id right like this this is a this is a famous company like they should or no one no one calls id id do they really I do id software I always called it id just because it reminded well you you're the first person I've ever heard to to call it id. Really? When you when you said it just now, I was like, is she referring to ID software? <laughs> I, I think maybe I just think of like the id and the, the ego, id. you know? So that kind of default. I'm sure that's probably a reason for naming it that. I Okay, I'll say ID then. You're probably, the thing is that you're probably right and everybody else is probably wrong. Like, well, I, I don't mean that as a joke. Like, I mean that for real. Like, that's probably what they mean. ID software? Well, <laughs> no, they yeah, probably just... mean id. That's what I'm saying. Oh. Like, you're probably right. And Well, like... to cover my bases, I'll say it both ways. <laughs> <So> <laughs> this that... is like GIF, GIF. <laughs> GIF and GIF. Um, 
I mean, it's just one of those things like, you know how some people say chocobo, like chocobo or whatever? (laughs) (laughs) Like, because you've read the word for years, but you've never really necessarily discussed it with everybody. This is dangerously off topic, but like, it's also like, um, if any of you are buying computers and there's ASUS computer company, which most people think it's ASUS. And then when you call their support line, you suddenly have the horrible discovery that it's Asus. Asus? And, uh, yeah. And they're like, thank you for calling Asus Computers. And I'm like, whoa. Oh, that, that's, that's weird. It. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. That's a perfect example. <laughs> yeah, I was like, holy cow. But anyway, for ID in software, <laughs> um, I mean, they're famous for, for kind of setting the, the, the building blocks of, of you know, first-person shooters with doom and quake and all those really beloved games and so i think the hype train was in overdrive for rage over the past it's been at least what maybe two years since they've been you know they initially announced it at least two probably more i just hadn't maybe kept up with it uh, that far back um so i rented it and i was like okay this is probably gonna be pretty awesome and it really just was I don't know how to describe it, a very lackluster, bordering on mediocre experience for me. Like Just, why, why so? Well, okay, if we hadn't already been uh, spoiled with all these post-apocalyptic shooter games to begin with, then maybe I would have felt differently about it. But we've already had Borderlands, we've already had Fallout 3, and I know those have clearly been the the comparison games to rage and some people insist no it's not like them or whatever but really some sections are a lot like both of those games but the problem with rage is that it kind of fumbles around trying to be like both of those so like it's it meets maybe the halfway point in in each of those games trying to be both of those games and a little extra um to be fair there's some there's some cool things about it I have to say, I love the little sentry bots that you can you can engineer a bunch of stuff in Rage, and um, once you get the schematics, you can make sentry bots, which are these little like spider-like uh, sentries with little guns on their faces, and and I don't know, I don't know why this sounds this is going to sound incredibly girly, but I find them adorable <laughs> because you send them out and they kill stuff for you, and I, it makes me want to protect them because the bad guys will instantly start start shooting at them because they go towards the bad guys. And when you've defeated all the bad guys, they come scampering back and then they just stop at your feet and they look up at you. Like they're waiting for you to like say, where to next? You know, like it's, it's so goddamn adorable. So I just made a bunch of those guys. <laughs> constantly kept making those guys and sicking them on people like, yeah, go sentry bot. And then you can upgrade them later and they're even, they're even better. Um, so I, I liked that element and unfortunately that's probably the height of the stuff that I liked about it. What's um, some of the, what are some of the sucky aspects of the game besides well, the poor I, mixture of I'd say like worlds? the weakest part definitely like, okay, there's a lot of technical problems which I'll get into in a second, but the weakest part for me was, uh, the story and the character, your character, because they have such potential. Within the first, you know, minute, they have the the intro cinematic, and this isn't a spoiler because it's the intro. Um, where basically something uh, horrendous will happen in our future, 
where this gigantic fucking meteor, that, which they don't explain, it's just like a world-damaging meteor comes in from, from I don't know where, and um, because it's going to impact on the Earth and totally fuck everything up, they basically take the, the best and the brightest of the world and make these spherical devices called arcs. And so the arc will basically burrow into the ground really deep to try to avoid all the damage that's going to be caused by this meteor. So in the intro cinematic, which is pretty damn short and doesn't really explain this, you kind of have to figure it out as you go. Um, you're placed in an arc. It, it uh, I was going to say submerge, but that's not really it, it. It digs underground, whatever. And then a hundred, a little over a hundred years later, there's some kind of error with your particular arc, and then you get ejected from it, and uh, you have to look at the world as it is now, which is really fucked up. Um, and there's a lot of potential in that which they slightly start to touch on because you have elements of that once futuristic world that's in this really Mad Max style world that exists now, which sure. Borderlands didn't actually do. Like Borderlands hints about, oh, there's like some vault and all this kind of stuff. But for the most part, it still looks very cobbled together, very, very Mad Max style. But this one, you'll get to certain points where, you know, there's little faint remnants of what used to be the world and sometimes not so faint later on. Um, but it, it's really interesting as a concept and they never really flesh it out. Like just as they're starting to get kind of interesting, the game ends and it's a short game. Like I, I played it basically in, if I had played it straight through without stopping, I could have played it in a day. It's only about eight to 10 hours long unless you end up doing a lot of the multiplayer, the, minimal side quests that they actually have that are optional uh so it's a little disappointing and what we'll do is um for anyone that has played rage and would like to vent along with me we'll have a brief uh spoiler alert section at the end of this podcast where i'll kind of go into detail what the hell i think went wrong with a lot of that stuff but uh, aside from the the story that that kind of fell short the character the main character that you play is really, I don't know how to describe him. He doesn't talk, so he's a silent protagonist. But what makes it worse is that uh, he's basically everybody's bitch. Because, <laughs> because as soon as you get out in the world, you're already doing fetch quests for people. Like, it shouldn't be called Rage. It should just be called Post-Apocalyptic Fetch Quest Game. Because that's all that it is. You go to um, the very first dude that you meet right at the beginning of the game is voiced by John Goodman. His name is Dan Dan Hagar. Hagar, mm. And, um, you know, after he saves you from a bunch of people, you know, all of a sudden he's like, hey, I could really use, with you know, John Goodman's voice, I really could use your help, um, you know, with our settlement here, blah, blah, blah. So at first I'm like, okay, he seems like a nice enough guy. I'll help him. And then... One fetch, one fetch quest rolls into another and another and another. And, like, for example, you can get a buggy, but in order to get the buggy, you need equipment for the buggy. So that's another fetch quest just to get that fetch quest done. And, and you know it's bad when even the character giving you these quests does um, one of those sheepish, like, I'm rubbing the back of my neck, like, oh, I'm sorry, I have to ask you to do another quest. Like, he literally does that, like... I'm sorry, I really have been asking a lot of you, I know, but I need to ask a little more of you. And it, this just continues. You think at a certain point it would stop, but you're doing fetch quests all the way through the game. And it's really, I mean, not to say that you don't 
explore some interesting new zones and that sort of thing. But it's because your objective is to do something for somebody else. You're not really doing a lot of this stuff for yourself. Like you would think as somebody from the future past or whatever, you'd want to explore, try to figure out things for yourself. But people are always basically spoon feeding you what they say you should be doing. And that's the other problem I had with the game because um, from a story uh, side of it, because you don't even really get any decent bits of story until you're, I don't know, maybe halfway through the game. A lot of it at the beginning, I thought, what's my motivation for doing this? I'm in a world. I have no real goal. I'm just, I guess, kind of surviving. Like usually there's more of an objective rather than, oh, let's just help a ton of people. But those things don't necessarily go anywhere. This is very, very weird. And there's, um, there's this uh, group of somewhat futuristic soldiers called the Authority that you see throughout the game. And uh, these guys, it, it, it's a lot like uh, if you played Half-Life, the Combine, those creepy soldier, uh, hybrid soldier guys, they remind me instantly of those guys. But the thing about the Authority is, story-wise, they never really give you a definite reason as to why you should hate the Authority, other than the fact that they kind of resemble what you've previously known to look like an oppressive police kind of force. So it's like, well, based off what I've seen from other things, I'm assuming that I should hate the Authority because these guys look like they're really oppressive and that kind of stuff. But you never see enough examples of that. Like, this, this is an anarchist future crap dirtball world so who's to say that maybe you would need this kind of police force to keep things from going to total hell? You know, you don't really know. You're this dude that is very uninformed about everything. Oh. Um, but we'll go into that in, in a little bit later. There's a lot of technical problems, too, which I think John Carmack, who is, you know, supposed to be programming God, was apparently a little bit embarrassed about. Uh, oh. For example... Uh, there's a ton, and I think this has mostly been rectified on the PC, but uh, there are a ton of texture pop-ins. Like when I emerged from the arc in the beginning of the game, that's supposed to be one of those wow moments because you're coming from this sterilized, futuristic, computerized environment inside the arc to this totally destroyed world directly outside the, those doors. And of course, when I emerge outside, everything's fucking block textures. Even the rock face less than 10 feet from me has texture pop in when I turn to look at it. Like, what is, what is going on with that? That should not be happening in, a, in an ID, in an id game. Like, they, they should have worked that shit out. And uh, uh, there's been patches, I think, to try to fix that. And some people have actually experienced that because of the patches that texture pop-in has been reduced, but they've actually been experiencing more choppiness in their frame rate. So it's like, okay, which one do you want more than the other? Yeah. It's kind of a shitty choice. Um, they're not really uh, super creative with the different types of bad guys. Like, you'll get a different style of bad guy for each zone that you're in, but I've only really noticed maybe two, not even three variations of that guy. So often, like you'll just have wave after wave of very similar guys just doing the same jump flips at you and just trying to slash at you and whatever. And uh, it, it's very weird. I think um, overall the style of the world is cool, but they just kind of stopped short of making it 
really legitimately interesting to me. Uh, the load times are shitty. <laughs> like uh, every time you go from one zone to another, it almost feels like I'm waiting an entire minute <laughs> for it to, to load the next part of the world, which really shouldn't be happening. Um, and they do this weird thing where there's only, there's a very small number of towns to explore in this world. But when you first emerge in the towns, it's confusing because you can't tell where the hell am I supposed to go. They say, meet this person in such, such place. But unlike the rest of the world, there's no map with an objective point, like a mini map to tell you, go to this spot. You have to like explore every fucking door. Like, oh, is this the sheriff's office? I think, okay, I think that is the sheriff's office. And there's, um the town that you go in at the end of the game <clears throat> near the end is really confusing. And I, I just thought, God damn it. I wish they could have done even like what they did in Deus Ex, where they um, actually have something on your HUD. That's a little in- indicator like here, go in this direction at least. Cause uh, I hate having to pick through all these NPCs that almost all look the same and say almost nothing to you really to, um, the, to figure out what the hell I should do next for my mission. So it's uh, it's very, I don't know. I think maybe my expectations were too high. The way they were hyping it, like, oh, you could play the way you want. You could kill people the way you want. But you realize there's, there's very specific ways to do things that are the easiest ways. So you end up just kind of reverting to that. Like uh, you get in this uh, really creepy city at one point and... Um, there's this uh, there's this boss type character, and I think for most people, since I'm very cautious when I play these kind of games, for most people they just run in, it triggers the bad the big boss, and then you have to fight him and run, probably run in circles around him, whatever. But I was able to trigger him while I was still a really decent distance away, so he wasn't able to engage me. He was trying to shoot these little flare bombs like to arc over and hit me, but they weren't, and I just was able to snipe him to death. No dam- damage or danger whatsoever on my part. And uh, it just felt like, oh, that was it? Oh, okay, mm-hmm. he's gone. I guess, I guess I have to keep moving forward. That was really kind of lame. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe they ran short on time. I, I, I have no idea. The, the ending was maybe a minute long, probably less. It's probably the shortest ending I've experienced in a game in the past several years. So who knows if that means, oh, we got DLC to, to lengthen this. And it just ends all of a sudden. It's very weird. Uh, we'll, t- we'll kind of elaborate that on, uh, on that in a little bit. But, um, yeah, so there's, there's so much that feels like... It's almost kind of my reaction, but more extreme, to uh, Deus Ex. Like, it has the best setting. It has a lot of promise. And something happened along the way that just felt like they dropped the ball a little bit. And I know somebody's going to disagree with me. But Uh we've just been, you know, if if you have low standards for games now, you'll probably be less affected by this kind of game. But because we should have such a good high standard of gaming now... We can't look at these kind of games and still give them like 90% and stuff. It, it just doesn't make sense. Like this has already been established. It's it's trying some things but totally failing in others. Like we should be rewarding games that that succeed at the, these attempts, not ones that try and kind of fla- flounder around. Like it doesn't make sense to. Yeah. Uh, but that's that's my rant on that. Um 
Yeah, nice, nice try, Rage. Not really. But... <laughs> I don't know. I'll be more interested in whenever Doom Four comes out. <laughs> Let me know when that's done. Which I it hasn't been determined yet, but you know it's coming. That's... So, right. Yeah. Anyway. You don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm saying if you don't mind renting it, it's fine. Just don't buy it. I think people that probably bought it might have said, well, shit. Because right. look at the games that are going to come out next month. Those ones, some of them are almost guaranteed to blow your mind. Like, I've been seeing more and more clips of uh, Uncharted 3. That oh. game, holy crap. Yeah. It's it's going to make people buy PS3s. Like, yeah. I've seen so many comments even on YouTube videos like, I don't have a PS3, but fuck, I need to get one now. I do know. It's amazing, yeah. but uh, that's good. Yes, that that uh, be very good. That good for gamers. Good. Um, yeah. Speaking of speaking of games, though, you, you had an interesting uh, you had an interesting topic you were telling me about earlier. Oh, indeed. Uh, speaking of games. Speaking <laughs> of games, I'm sorry. I can't I can't segue <laughs> that really because they're so different. Speaking of games, that was well, my I was going to say speaking of uh, speaking of games that are coming out next month. Uh, oh yeah. By the way, for any of uh, in my in my completely hopeless, endless, uh, undying love for uh, Sonic Generations uh, that's know. coming soon. Um, <laughs> the uh, their uh, uh, Sega blog, which is just doing a phenomenal job of uh, tickling our interest for uh, this amazing game that's coming up. Again, truly in the style of uh, Smash Brothers Brawl when that game's coming out. More information came out uh, just this week, and um, it's uh, and there's some more cool stuff. Uh, truly, this is you know they are they are not leaving anybody out when they say Sonic Generations and. You know, the game is kind of, you know, they've been saying that they are bridging kind of three, you know, genres of uh, the Sonic era. They're being like the, suit, the Genesis era, the Dreamcast era, which apparently is going to get some sweet attention in this game. And even though this stuff has come out extremely recently, uh, they are also doing the modern Sonic era and they are even including Sonic colors into this. So apparently, Already? wow! Yeah, so apparently, Sonic Colors. There's going to be a Sonic Color stage in this game, and that's have you even amazing. played that one though? Yeah, it's well, it's a rad Sonic game. It's it's the best Sonic game until this one comes out, and uh, but uh, but yeah, it's pretty cool. And then if, and then um, this, you know, that's the good news. And uh, I guess the mediocre to bad news would be they, uh, you know, they a few months ago they started saying like, hey. Uh, you know, there's going to be rivals, like multiple. And so it's like, okay, there's Robotnik, but there's also, you know, Metal Shadow? Sonic. From, yeah, like Metal Sonic from Sonic CD, which is rad. And then, uh, yeah, Shadow. And then today, uh, or not today, but this Knuckles? week. Uh, the, no, no Knuckles, but uh, but Silver. It's, I remember I said this is oh, bad. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, it's Silver from the modern Sonic games. No. Rival, so. Stop That's doing it, Sega. Stop yeah. it. <laughs> but unfortunately, the game itself will not resemble the uh, PS3 Sonic the Hedgehog game. So, That's uh, good. So uh, we got some cool stuff to look forward to. So that's going to be great. Um, and yeah, in a, so a topic came up recently. Um, uh, Colin and I uh, were talking briefly about a t 
uh, kind of a cool discussion that we might have in an upcoming, you know, one of our upcoming weeks here. But that discussion kind of spawned another idea, which was sort of um, the topic of 3D fighting games. And we just kind of wanted to take a, a retro uh, or a retrospective look at kind of like, uh, you know, 3D fighting games kind of came about when the 3D kind of mega fad happened. Uh, when it was like, oh my God, games can handle 3D. It's like every, you know. And there were 3D, like block characters. <laughs> 3D, all the things, you know? Like yeah. everything must become 3D now. And uh, the first one out of the gate is still one of my favorites, which was Sega's uh, Virtua Fighter. Yeah. And this is when uh, like Sega had their whole Virtua <laughs> blank, you know, series of games. Yeah, Virtua Racing. What was it? Virtua Racing, Virtua Fighter, Virtua, Virtua Tennis. Yeah. Virtua Tennis, Virtua Cop. Oh, yeah, Virtual Cup. I used to like Virtual Cup quite a bit. Yeah. They made a couple of those. Yeah, absolutely. They were rad games. Um, and uh, But, yeah, Virtual Fighter, holy crap. That game, like, when I was a, when I was younger, that game, like, changed my whole world. I was like, <laughs> I'm, like I'll never forget my brother. Uh, there used to be this, this arcade near uh, where I used to live. And um, my bro- I remember my brother was, you know, I had an older brother, so he would, like, take me to the arcade and I remember the, the, the day that they got it he was like dave you i gotta take you to the arcade today and you gotta see the coolest game i've ever seen and uh i remember him showing me virtual fighter and i was just like what like i just didn't like couldn't fathom this game i was like this is nuts like it's like 3d people and they're fighting each other like it's so and they, you know, there was like the whole ring out thing and uh, like the stage, like the camera would, would zoom in and out, you know, like Samurai Showdown kind of had been doing that. But now this was like, it was like super flawless. And, and the replay thing was super cool. Remember like, like Virtua Fighter did it and then everybody did it, you know, yeah. it was like, holy crap, replay from another angle. Are you <laughs> like, kidding and, and, and like slower kick, kick. Yeah, exactly. And like, I remember at the time, I just couldn't even like figure that out. I was just like, wow, like this, you mean like they're on the fly, like generating this 3D stuff? This is craziness. And and then like came just, you know, and that was really cool. It was like a sweet, it didn't really feel like a gimmick yet. And, um, you know, there was like sweet moves, like characters had moves that were designed to take advantage of the 3D space. And, uh, you know, like what's his name? Uh, what was his, is his name Jeffrey? I can't remember exactly the name of the the character you could play, but he was this dude that literally he would like grab your legs if you tried to jump at him. You know, the wrestler would, guy. Uh, not like Wolf, not that dude. Oh, okay. But uh, well, actually, actually, Wolf could do this move too. No, 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 it was the other dude. It wasn't Wolf. But basically, if you jumped at him. You could grab his legs and then you could swing him around like 360 style <laughs> and like toss him in another direction and, and ideally you would get ring out. But uh, well, it but wasn't yeah. the old guy, was it? No, no, not that dude. But uh, but that dude had him and both his daughter Pi in the game. They both had that sweet move where you could grab their wrist and just spin them around like in mid punch, and uh, it was it was so cool. So like. You know, and, and even by the time Virtua Fighter 2 came out, it wasn't like a tired genre yet. It was like, wow, Virtua Fighter 2, like killer graphics and, you know, like the environments are really awesome now. And, uh, but then, you know, out came like Battle Arena, Toshin Den, Tekken, you know, this stuff, like people. Soul Calibur. Soul Calibur. Or Soul Edge or whatever it was at the time. <laughs> yeah. Well, I thought Soul Edge was like super awesome when it came out. I was like, oh my God, like. 
it was it was really kind of like the first you know fighting game that gave like super respect to um weapons you know yeah well, like, that uh, and uh if you ever played bushido blade oh yeah that was exactly. pretty amazing that still hasn't really been replicated like yeah. the fact that hey if you do one good hit you could totally just die yeah yeah that's rad like so so yeah i mean like uh basically we were talking about like what are the successful or the unsuccessful fighting games and and the whole thing is is like you know, Virtual Fighter, I think, was taking advantage of the space. And then, like, Battle Arena Toshinden was sort of like a knockoff because it was sort of the same, like, yeah. okay, you can knock the dude off the platform and, you know, there's replay and stuff like that. But but for the most part, it was it was still sort of like a 2D fighting game. So it was like, okay, we're kind of locked on this plane with each other, you know. You can't really run around so much, you know. So the idea of it being a 3D fighting game was, like, almost like a joke, you know. Uh but uh, and the gimmick just being like, wow, cool! How many million polygons can we can we smash through via GPU on this game? Uh, Which is not many at the time. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. I, I remember when Virtual Fighter Three came out, and it was like a amazing deal that um, that you know the characters could handle up to a million poly count. You know, yeah. it was like, dude. The characters have one million polygons. It was like, oh my god! <laughs> like, you gotta be kidding me. There's no way. Like, the arcade machine's gonna catch on fire. But, uh, but yeah, it, it, I think like the fighting genre was maybe one of the worst when it came to like utilize. I mean, like Virtual Racing, it was like hands down. Oh my god, this this is a game that needs to be in 3D, you know? And like they took total advantage of it. And then you know, Virtual Cop was pretty cool too. But uh, but then, yeah, like it was sort of like, oh, okay, in the fighting realm, not so much. And I feel like, um, you know, eventually in the later days, we got a super innovative game called Super Smash Brothers, which I think what? kind of started to... Even before, even before that, are you talking about the, uh, the N64 one? What do you mean? Oh, Smash Brothers? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because when, uh, when did Power Stone come out? Oh, yeah, I was going to mention Power Stone, like... Because Power Stone actually tried that real legitimate like 3D approach. Like you could go run all the way around. You could use objects. That's kind of like it reminded me of Smash Brothers, but le- like total legit 3D, not that fake. Yeah. Like you're still on a plane. No, absolutely. I was I was gonna actually bring that up next because uh, it's like you know Power Stone was was definitely the uh, like it definitely predates what I consider. There's some there's some games that are coming out now that I'll mention in a moment that. Uh, I think are like taking advantage of this in the best possible way. But uh, yeah, Power Stone was so awesome. The fact that it was truly like, I remember going over to my friend's house and playing it when it was, when it was, you know, popular and uh, thinking it was the raddest thing ever. I was like, Oh my God, I can like grab onto the ceiling and like use them like monkey bars and like move all around this environment. Mm-hmm. Like super cool. Pretty like, inventive. Yeah. Like it, it was, it might've been, you know, one of the first and truly, uh, three-dimensional fighting games so uh so yeah that that uh that one was fantastic and then and then yeah it, like so that was doing successful like that direction was great meanwhile the the one-on-one kind of battle thing sort of like i guess embraced it because super smash brothers was like okay well we're not going to try to make it on multi-plane we're just going to do one plane but it'll be in 3d you know yeah like the characters themselves are r3d uh, and, uh, and I'm not sure if, you know, I guess like now games like, uh, 
like uh, Marvel versus Capcom three, you know, like we get that kind of world where it's like, okay, we're, we're not trying to make a, you know, a 3D fighting game. It's, it's like the characters are in 3D, but it's, you know, it's really a 2D fighting game. And, yeah. uh, you know, lest we forget the game that you and I were trying to remember the name of the, like, was oh Street Fighter God. EX? Yeah, three. Three Ds everywhere. Let's make Street Fighter into three. Yeah, it it seemed pretty clear to like that Capcom felt maybe kind of threatened by the whole three D slant, and they were like, you know what, Street Fighters are well, not really the only bread and butter, but it's such a big portion of of who we are that we need to at least try to make it a three D game. But even that was kind of half assed because it was just like all these other two and a half D style things. Like it was three D, but it was along a specific plane. So, and, and I kind of, I wasn't nuts about the three D treatment for a lot of the characters either. Oh yeah. Dude, they look terrible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's no secret that they looked uh, pretty sucky. I think Namco so, Namco just had a much better grasp on on a lot of that 3D stuff, and it, Capcom never could really. I mean, how, see how long it took for them to make Street Fighter Four, really, uh, and yeah. even then, it's still doing a lot of the same stuff. The things that are are already established that they're doing. Huh. So, uh, yeah. I mean, not that it's bad. I think Street Fighter Four is fun. I'm just saying uh, it wasn't revolutionary or anything. Hi, everybody. Remember Sonic Fighters? Oh, Sonic the <laughs> Fighters or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> that oh, one looked yeah. terrible. They even did that weird thing where it like distorted, like when you slapped somebody, it would actually like going. It would make the the other guy's head go kind of like it would oh, distort yeah. the the head just to be yeah. more comical and cartoony. I think that'll go down in history and like the worst games of all time list. <laughs> like, well, the other just, thing like, too was I. It felt like it wasn't totally finished. Like, I know for yeah. subsequent kind of Sonic collections, they included it on some of those just, you know, yeah. so people could play it. But I think at the time, for whatever reason, it always felt to me like it was still kind of experimental. Like, um, it just, uh, like, it was in ar- a couple arcades, but I never actually personally played it in an arcade. Um, I, I, went to a, uh, I went to a Gameworks one time and saw it, and I was like, dude, I have to play this <laughs> yeah it was the worst experience ever like the control is bad and it's just yeah. kind of awkward to, to deal with and i mean i guess they were you know say it was at that clear point where remember they made sonic 3d blast and they were making yeah. these other games where oh they need they're like we need to try to make sonic different yeah because they were afraid like they were becoming less relevant perhaps or something gotta introduce them to the 3d world but how yeah, even Sonic 3D Blast I didn't like that much because that isometric view always kind of has its own problems with controls. Yeah. So, as a as a small child, I can definitely say that I I was a big sucker when it came to, like I owned uh, Sonic Labyrinth, which was like a it was like using that same sort of idea, but it was on the Game Gear, uh-huh. and uh, it was an isometric Sonic game, and uh, I was like, wow. I was so like super hungry for a 3D Sonic game that it it was like you know it's like you know it's starving and the only thing that's around to eat is like a sucky McDonald's or something <laughs> and being like this is the most delicious food I've ever like eaten a knockoff because, McDonald's or yeah something. like a yeah like some sort of really really bad McDonald's and like um, it's it was exactly like that and I just ate it up I was like this is the greatest thing ever. And now when I look back, I'm like, maybe it was. Well, it was hard enough to find any decent or 
remotely decent Game Gear games after a certain point. Like, uh, I had the Sonic games, and I remember at one point they were coming out with, like, a Sonic racing game, but I never ended up getting it for some reason. I I totally had it. Yeah, I I figured you would. Yes. Yeah, Yeah. Sonic Drift. That was a regret. That was a regret. So apparently it was not that good. No. Oh. Uh, Not that good. That's too uh, bad. And there was a Shining Force, actually, for the Game Gear that wasn't bad. Yeah. I did have that one. So, so, um... There are some sweet games, though, that are uh, either out now or coming out that are kind of jumping back into this world of, like, fully exploratory 3D fighting games, you know, and, like, how to do that in a successful way. And um, I'm going to butcher the name of this because I just don't know how to pronounce it, but the, uh, like, remember when Final Fantasy first tried to make a fighting oh, game? Oh, Dissidia? You're talking it was about? called Airgize. Oh, Airgize, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and it it's was... like you can play as Cloud and Tifa yeah. and Sephiroth. <laughs> yeah, and it was Just, yeah. not great. Well, they this is the iPhone style comeback of that idea, and they've just totally kicked ass at it. Like, I I downloaded this game as the demo, and and the in, like instantly I was like, oh my god! This Wait, is they made super it for the fun. iPhone? No, 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 no. I, I what I mean by that is like. That was a really weird reference. <laughs> um, but usually when I, I always say that when I mean like, because remember when Apple released what they called the iTunes phone and it was the biggest failure ever, like uh, that phone that was on Singular. That uh, was like, it's the iTunes phone. You can like sync it with iTunes and it plays music. And they were like, it's a phone plus iTunes. What's not to like? This is going to be the greatest thing. And it was just like a colossal failure. And uh and then the, I always think that the fact that they were like, you know, well, screw you guys. We are going to do a phone again, you know, and they come out with the iPhone and it's like the biggest thing in the world, you know. And uh, so to me, this is the iPhone comeback of the Final Fantasy fighting game attempt. And like, it's it's just brilliant. Like everything. Wait, are you talking about great. Dissidia? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah, sorry. Sure. And the name of the game is fun, is Energize 2. <laughs> um yeah, uh, the city is incredible. So this is, I mean, this is a game that does exactly that. It's got that kind of Power Stone style like aspect of it. Yeah, except, a really large world. Yeah, the, the worlds are huge, and the characters have all very fantastic, like very unique moves. And uh, and yeah, you can run around anywhere. The the engaging, you know, you can hide behind things. You can like use the environment to your advantage. It's fantastic. Like yeah. it's it's what a three D fighting game should be. And, it, and it's I, got good uh, Final Fantasy fan service too, because it has all the unusual characters sort of together. <laughs> Some of them well, that you wouldn't expect. Like they have Final Fantasy eleven characters in there. I thought, oh yeah. shit. They've got a new one, right? There's uh, Dissidia two now. Is yeah, there's Dissidia two, and I can't remember. There's a, a little Taru Taru character that yeah. maybe it's in the first one, Shantoto or whatever oh. her face is, and she's like a black mage, basically. Okay. And I remember when the game came out originally, they had these trailers There was like, look who you can be, because she does the uh, the really Japanese thing where she puts her hand to her face, she goes, oh, ho, 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 you know, <laughs> that, that weird laugh right. that evil girl characters do, even though she's not really evil, per se. Um, yeah, no, it was cool, because it, it's letting you kind of, sort of like what Kingdom Hearts does, like, it get, lets you have a taste of this random assortment of characters that you like. Yeah. And say, hey, I'm just going to mush these together, and you can play with all of them. And it adds that slightly RPG element, too, right? When you yeah. uh, get items, or, or I can't remember how that works. 
Yeah, I, I'm not entirely sure either because I haven't like gotten too far in the game. But uh, but like, but yeah, I mean, it, it definitely has. I mean, it has also just like story elements to it, which is great. Yeah, as well, you know? yeah. So, and of course, the cutscenes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, lest we forget, dead or alive. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> the world, world is my my illusion. Yeah, dead or alive, I used to. Not, not <laughs> like my most favorite the series. Worst, the worst uh, cutscenes ever, like that game, honestly. But anyway. Well, it always seems that one other thing to note about uh, fighting games is even yeah. with the evolution of fighting games, they haven't really evolved so much with their, uh, their story related cutscenes because yeah. I can think of a bunch of really awkward Tekken cutscenes, like when you would okay. beat, <laughs> like, hey, here's like a minute of something happening to Paul Phoenix, and you're like, what, huh. what happened? Did, did that have anything to do with any of these characters I just beat? Uh, well, I mean, the th- I really never had a problem with fighting games having no story because I'm usually not playing them for the story. But if they're in there, the, I mean, yeah, I mean, the the ironic thing is, is that the only game that I actually had any sort of interest in the story one story was was uh, the Mortal Kombat uh, games because oh, they yeah. they actually had rad stories to each of the characters. But uh, uh, but yeah, like, but you know, I've honestly never even wondered where the characters in Tekken came from, but uh, you know, or any of that sort of stuff. Well, there's but, that uh, whole there is a whole confusing story there too because it's like. You got all the Kazama people, and then you got uh, Jin Kazama and, and uh, not Kazama, Kazuya. Yeah, God, similar names. And how, like, oh, some of them turn turn into demons. And then, oh, wait, there's Haihachi, who's really always annoying and, <laughs> and <laughs> so old, and yet he still is kicking everyone's so, ass. So old. So old, God. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. was one... In terms of fighting games, that was the weirdest choice for uh, Soul Calibur 2. Remember, they had individual um, uh, oh, specialized yeah. characters per console. It's like, yeah. okay, you get Link on the GameCube. That's pretty awesome. Oh, you get Spawn on the, was it the Xbox? That's oh, pretty cool. Sure. And then, oh, you get Hihachi on the the playstation version what the <laughs> fuck like he doesn't even have this is a game with people that have weapons and he does he fights bare-fisted like what <laughs> you couldn't have picked somebody else yeah. these are very odd choices i mean they didn't really repeat that again but i still thought that was bizarre although i love i love that series so nice. they kind of well, floundered a little bit with the fourth one but hopefully the fifth one will will be good again <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna shamelessly plug my uh, friend's game here, but uh, my <laughs> oh, that's uh, right. My friend uh, Michael Chang is uh, is a brilliant game designer and programmer, and uh, he's been working on a project for a very long time now on under the uh, under the uh, company name Puny Human, and um, you know I guess this game is getting a lot of attention now, but the name of the game is Blade Symphony. And the and it's that same sort of kind of like idea that Dissidia's got going on, where uh, very large environments, very lush environments, and um, and the and the whole I mean the name of the game like very much kind of focuses on what the point is. Like Blade Symphony, the whole thing comes down to sword fighting. You know, it is like truly a sword fighting game, and and you can do very fantastic, complex, complicated moves, and uh, sort of like the game that you were mentioning earlier, like the the no, Bushido Blade. Exactly. Like the, the Can you intensity. kill people in like one swipe if you're good with Blade well, I think, Symphony? I mean, I think the, you know, the the talent that you are able to acquire with uh, your, you know, your 
swordsmanship, I suppose, uh, is still going to be directly relational to how much damage you can, uh, you know, you can lay on your character. So, uh, but yeah, we'd have to, you know, it wouldn't be a bad idea for us to drag Mike on the show at some point. No, that'd be great. His- he has a website too for it, right? That has videos. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think if you go to just uh, punyhuman.com, let me uh, verify that. That is not and the site. Were you saying <laughs> they used the Source Engine for? Oh my God! Yeah, they. I think they started with. Jeez, uh, what engine was it that they started with? It was. I thought it was like the yeah, like the Half-Life Two engine that they, they Source. Like started, yeah. They started with that, and then they like hacked the hell out of it, and it turned into this. Um, hold on, let me uh, let me just look it up real fast here. Uh, because I can't seem to find it. Oh, it is just uh, it's yeah blade blade hyphen symphony dot com. Oh, okay, and, uh, simple. Yeah, holy cow! Looks like they've. Uh, I'm a bad friend for not, <laughs> not knowing. <laughs> they've updated they've their their website. Updated the website pretty significantly. Well, anybody that like, it, don't they have? Do they have a working demo that you could try? Oh, uh, I'm not sure about. For some that. reason, I thought they were getting close to like having some. I mean, some demo-y kind of. I mean, they're getting to the point now where they they want to actually release this game, you know, and so. But in order to do that, they they need like a lot of seed money, so they're working on that aspect of it right now. Yeah, that's always but, the best. Uh, yeah. So, but uh, uh, yeah, here it is. It says right on the website, uh, it's a game for the Source Engine. So awesome. So blade-symphony.com. So anybody yeah. that that likes fighting games or or finds that uh, idea of particular particularly interesting maybe they should check it out yeah um that would be cool if we could get them on the show at some point uh, yeah it would be amazing to get, yeah get, we could get probably both the creators because i know both of them uh we could get mike and uh, jason and uh they could come on and talk about that i i was just looking online today at, at uh information about blade symphony and uh i i guess both of them have been interviewed by other game websites already i was like oh, oh my God. we gotta <laughs> We got to get on that. Yeah, we're behind the times here. Uh, he, uh, yeah, I guess they've been uh, they've been making the rounds, so that's pretty rad. Right. So way to go, Mike. But hey, good uh, job. Yeah. So anyway, anyway, cool. Yeah. <laughs> In conclusion, purchase Dissidia. <laughs> <laughs> if you still have a PSP. <laughs> oh no. If you're not waiting well, for the Vita. Yeah, I'm sure that they'll. Uh, sure Backwards compatible. Yeah, I mean they they they've been talking about how like PSP games you're going to be able to play them on the Vita and it's going to like totally upres the graphics and everything and it's supposed to be like super cool. So uh, another kick butt move by Sony. Well, another and then in between there'll be some little fumbles that they do and then they're like whoa whoa wait we're still cool we're still cool look at this <laughs> we still got some good stuff going on. Are you referring to like PlayStation Move? Like, yeah. Like, what's that... the... I was wondering, I was like, what is she talking about? Well, I mean, actually, that's that's a good example, because I just remember that, like, they hyped the hell out of it. And I'm not yeah. saying that PlayStation Move is bad, necessarily, but it just did not get the kind of attention that I thought it was going to get. Like, the games have just kind of not been there the way that... Like, Connect. Uh, despite what you may think about it, at least it's had a, a stronger library selection than uh, yeah. Move. Move is sort of like it doesn't know quite what it wants to be still. Like sometimes, oh, you can also use Move when you play Resistance. Or or it, sometimes it's just Move specific, but it feels like they don't really know how they want to treat that device yet. By the way, I tried Resistance 3 
on the move at E3, and it was so, not a lot of fun. I think I would much rather use the controller, unless it was just poorly calibrated, which could be possible. But that was not a very good first impression for me. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So that there's that. No good. Nope. Nope. Anyway, so uh, I think that about wraps that up. I'm sure we can. It's one of those topics that you could almost infinitely keep revisiting, especially yeah. when more fighting games comes out. <laughs> um, Before well, we run out of time here, you should. Uh, you should. We should jump into the final rage segment. The yes. rage of rage. <laughs> yes, let's do that. But uh, for anybody that doesn't want to be spoiled by that, uh, this is where we shall part ways for, for this week. Um, don't forget, our email address is nameofgamepodcast at gmail.com. We also have a website in the name of game.com. And uh, as always, we also have a Twitter, which is also in the name of game. Um, or at in the name of game. I'm I'm so bad yeah. at Twitter. Um, <laughs> if there's uh, if there's any topics that any of you would like us to uh, slam through at some point, by the way, be sure to uh, recommend them to us, and uh, we would be happy to discuss uh, them. Discuss them, and Iggy can shout about them. No, no, I'm sure I would have some similar things to agree upon, or or well, maybe not. It depends on what the topic is, but. Like like David says, we would love to hear what uh, what topics you would like to talk about. Um, or if you have a message for us, you can uh, email us or, or tweet us, and we'll respond to that too. So, it's never too late to say that you want to kill Colin. So yes. <laughs> just uh, <laughs> go ahead and send those, send those death threats in. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> that could get kind of creepy, but... Uh, <laughs> I think we'll entertain those up to a certain point. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, until next week, uh, we'll see you guys. We'll see you guys then. Uh, have fun playing video games. Don't forget to stick around if you want to rage with us about rage. But until then, see you guys. Bye. Bye. And now, anger management with me. No, anger unmanagement. Lack of anger management. Oh, God. Anger encouragement. Rage. I can't do like I'd have to shake my face. Rage. <laughs> sound like uh, Nixon from Futurama. Rage. Um, yeah, so now that you've joined us, for the the spoilerific uh, spoiler alert of rage, um, there's some things I'd like to elaborate upon that I couldn't before because I didn't want to ruin the game completely for anybody that actually wants to play the game. Well, um, I just want to play this piece of shit. Well, like I said, I wouldn't I wouldn't call it a total piece of shit. I there there are some redeeming elements of it. It's just that they they are outweighed by the. The problems I have with the game. And a lot of it really is story-based. And I know some people are going to give me shit because, oh, it's a first-person shooter, and, you know, sometimes story just kind of takes a back seat. But they kind of tease the story enough in this game that makes you feel like it should have been a bigger component. There's so much 
unique variations in this world that it feels like it needs elaboration. And uh, like the arc, what I mentioned before, like I wish that had been elaborated a little bit. Um, but the authority, that group, again, that's the biggest problem I had. Like the, at one point you um, you meet up with the resistance, which I didn't even know existed until halfway through the game. Uh, the resistance to this authority. And the resistance leader, in very few words, basically indicates that um, there is this guy that was one of the people that came from uh, one of the larger arcs. So he's like from your time period, I guess, that um, is kind of behind all this. And I thought at the time that he announced this, like, oh, okay, so this is probably going to be the dude that's going to be the final boss. Like, we got to stop this guy because apparently in some vague way he's trying to control the world for himself even though the world is full of fucking anarchy anyway so he's not doing a great job of controlling it um and instead i break into the authority uh, it's called capital prime their 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 main headquarters and all that stuff i get uh, in this elevator i'm going to uh, submit this data to a satellite to try to raise all these other arcs up and you know um, basically like what the resistance what the resistance wants to do is uh, there's a, a ton of arcs that this guy from the authority is keeping dormant because he doesn't want all those smart people from the past to basically rise up and say dude you're, you shouldn't be the leader get the fuck out of here so um, I, I, I go to, to Capital Prime because for whatever reason that's the place to to transmit this data and I, I kept thinking okay I'm at the point where I'm gonna be at the satellite thing I'm gonna upload the feed so there's gonna be some massive last battle this is gonna be awesome it better be awesome and all it is is wave after wave of the same kind of weird jumping mutant that's coming at me shooting lasers and then you beat them it finishes uploading the data you get this little shitty 30 to 30 second to maybe a minute uh, cinematic cutscene, and it's over. And I thought, wait a minute. <laughs> so does that mean I literally never interacted with this guy ever? Like, shouldn't I have seen him or maybe heard him on one of, you know how they always do, like you're trying to proceed through the last level and on some kind of megaphone coming from somewhere is like, I'm telling you, don't come in here. Like, this is your last chance. You know, like that kind of thing. Like, you'll have some presence of the bad guy, which they kind of did before. Like, there's this guy that you have to deal with in this area where everybody seems to have, like, a really bad Russian accent. And he's actually hilarious. This is one of the parts of the game I did like. Um, he keeps saying, like... Get him! What are you idiots doing? Oh, do I have to do everything myself? And, like, he, you hear his voice over these speakerphones the entire time. And it's kind of funny. And it also sort of clues you in as to how he's getting pissed off. Like, he knows you're coming closer. Like, that's one of the levels that did things right. But this last level feels like maybe they ran out of time because they just keep throwing the same kind of guys at you. It's a very enclosed little future space. And there's not a whole lot to it. And what's even more lackluster is that ending that I mentioned because, okay, you succeeded in, in up uploading that, that data that's sent out to satellites to make all the arcs come out of the ground. So all you see in the last cutscene cut is, oh, now all these arcs are starting to pop out of the surface uh, and, and uh, open up. And then one of the doors opens and you're like, oh, God, I'm going to see people coming out. You don't even see people coming out. And then it goes to black. 
and then that's the end. So that already is is kind of wrong because they indicate in their brief story throughout the game that other arcs have surfaced and sometimes one arc will be really unfortunate and it resurfaces in an area that has one of these crazy Mad Max tribes, you know, that are nuts and they, they say a bunch of gibberish and they start trying to wail on you before they even like talk to you. Um, and they indicate like, well, if one of those arcs open up there, all those guys are probably dead in minutes. So why is everything all of a sudden fixed or there's hope for the future just because all these arcs come out? These are people that have been in this like hibernation for a hundred years. They have no weapons on them. All they are, I guess, smart people that have nanomachines inside them so they can defibrillate themselves once. And like, so how do they defend themselves? Who's to say this authority guy doesn't take the rest of his troops and just go and just try to wipe them out as soon as they come out of the arcs? Like, it's not a, it's not a very, to me, it's not a very hopeful ending because there's still so many factors. Like, why is the resistance acting like now we have a chance when they e- very easily couldn't have no chance whatsoever? <laughs> like, it's just a weird story to try to tell, you know? It's just, I don't know. Um... But yeah, so there's there's that problem. And then there's this other issue throughout the whole game where it feels like they're trying to draw upon what they've known to be popular in previous games, maybe by other companies sometimes. Like there's this cool world, not world, there's this cool section you can go to called the Dead City. And I actually like this part where it's basically a destroyed city, city that's been sitting there for, you know, 100 years and it's populated by mutants. And uh, it's kind of cool because you walk through, you see things that from yesteryear and just aren't, they're just destroyed or, or maimed or whatever. Um, but there's this weird part where you go into a hospital, a destroyed hospital, because everything's destroyed. And um, it just, it's trying to be too creepy too fast. Like all of a sudden on the walls, for no discernible reason, there's these hunks of like pulsating flesh and stuff. As if some mutant thing had started growing over all the walls, but you don't know, like, what is it? Is it living? Is it dead? And then you enter this one room that's supposed to be, like, the shock factor, where there's just this blood that's flowing down the walls. And it's very bizarre. Like, I, I just, I literally thought to myself, did did I just get into Silent Hill? Am I in Silent Hill? What What is this? I thought this I was playing Rage. Yeah, is this... A, no, like, right? Maybe that's what they're trying to do? Is this Event Horizon Hill? You know, like, what, what the fuck am I doing here? And it's only in a small section. So it, it actually feels really out of place. Because then you'll leave that section and you're back to, like, post-apocalyptic world. So I, I don't know what the fuck they were doing there. But uh, the, the, total, the, the end game just feels like... Maybe they had no time. So maybe I'll try to give them a benefit of the doubt. And maybe it's like a Knights of the Old Republic 2 thing where they were told, like, you got to submit this shit. It needs to be done. Because there's this final quest where you go to this, this city. It's not really a city. It's, it's this abandoned several floors of subway tunnels. And they call it Subway Town. And uh, it's a confusing fucking area because everything looks the same because there's subway tunnels. Um, and... Uh, to, to make good with the mayor there, who, by the way, is the voice of Colonel Campbell from Metal Gear Solid 2, which is really distracting to me. Actually, <laughs> the other Metal, Metal Gear Solids as well. Um, you have to do a bunch of fetch quest things again for him, and then you come back 
uh, one of which was attacking that Russian guy I mentioned, which is pretty funny. Um, So you come back and you think, this hard ass who's been giving me shit, he's got to like me now because I did what he wanted and I almost got myself killed. And then you come back and the authority are in front of his door. Like his door is totally closed. And they're in front of his door and they're like, get the hell out of here, you know, whatever the little authority voice that they have. The soldiers and I thought, okay, so you're not even letting me finish this quest. It's just it's saying the quest is done, but I never even really finished it up with the guy. That feels kind of sucky. Like that feels very unsatisfying that I didn't finally get some approval from this guy after being his little bitch for you know how many fetch quests. <laughs> it's very unsatisfying. But um, there, there's actually a bunch of NPCs. Like, after you help the John Goodman character a bunch of times and you move on to the next big town, if, if you go back, which I did, because I was like, hey, I'll visit these Hagar, Hagar settlement guys, see what's up. He's just gone. <laughs> and you never see him again. And I thought, wait, but, but I helped him. Where is he? Can, he doesn't even just stand there and say some same thing over and over again to me. No, he's just right. gone. Disappeared. Poof. Never no. to be seen again. Yeah. So it, it's just really bizarre. And there's a bunch of reviews out there where people are praising the NPC characters. Like, oh, it really feels like a populated world, blah, blah, blah. It feels just as populated as any other of these kind of games where you come into a town and there's people there. They'll say a couple things, which they've repeated to me a bunch of times. And then they, you can't really interact with them. They'll say, oh, hello, or whatever, when you come back. <laughs> like, wow, are you really impressed by that? That's impressive to you? Okay. And they do this thing. This is the last thing I'll say, but it is just as annoying. You have to hear everything these guys say before you can either accept a quest or anything. Like, you'll come up to a guy that sells stuff. And actually, the guy in Wellspring isn't that bad. He'll just say, what do you want to buy? He's quick. But everybody else, they have some little spiel. They want to say, like, you up for buying? I'm up for selling. Here's what I got. You want to see what I got? Here, just come over here. Like, just shut the hell up and let me (laughs) click this thing. Like, there should be an option to – I literally – and this is so bad of me. I noticed if they start saying shit and you don't want to hear it, if you walk kind of out of earshot, it stops them from talking. So then they stop that animation. You come back. And then it triggers whatever their their mission dialogue is. Uh, so I yeah. kept doing that because I'm like, dude, shut! I don't care. You're telling <laughs> it's like it's like future small talk. All it is is <laughs> small talk. Like I don't need it. And and by the way, when you when you have a mission and you're you're telling somebody to do a mission, don't do this stupid shit where you say accept or decline the mission and then not have decline really do anything. Yeah. <laughs> See our previous podcast on this same topic. Yeah, no, he did it. It's it's in spades on rage. Like they'll say, "Hey, can you go here and do this?" There's a shotgun in it for you. And what if I say no? He doesn't say, "Oh, well, fine" or whatever. Like there's no response to it. He literally says nothing. The window closes, and then you have to click on him again, and then uh-huh. the same stuff again. So same you eventually shit. have to accept it. Or you walk away and you have to come back later and do it. So <laughs> what is the point of saying decline? You liars. You try to make it seem like you have a choice. This is one of the the the, the protagonists with the least amount of choice that I've played in a game for a while. Yeah. Like even in Half-Life, like you could say, okay, both of these protagonists, they don't talk. They kind of have to do a prescribed route 
to to get where they need to go. But in Half-Life, even, you still kind of feel like you have a choice. Like, there's people that come along, the little scientists. Most of the time they die, but sometimes you could try to help them. You know, you feel, and the Resistance guys, too, you kind of feel like you have a little bit more control. Here, it's like, they just give you the illusion. You never really have a choice in any of this stuff. The only choice you get is the occasional optional side quest that like oh here you want me to give you advanced rc cars instead of the regular rc cars you have or here you want to play this racing game that i don't give a shit about <laughs> <laughs> and, and th that's how they get you because you have to kind of play the racing game enough because the racing games give you points that you can use to level up your vehicles you can't level up your vehicles uh with regular money you have to use racing point money so just uh Crafty, yeah. very crafty. Um, crafty. I mean, the 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 driving mechanics aren't bad, but they could use some work. Because sometimes I'll bump into this small item on a corner and I fucking crash as if I like hit a wall. This <laughs> is a little weird. It reminds me of um, obviously, if anyone's played Twisted Metal, it'll remind oh. you of that. Uh, for me, just because I love Vigilante Eight back in the day on the PS One. Um, it kind of made me think, like, God, I just wish, with all this stupid racing and shooting people with missiles and shit, like, I just wish they remade that game. <laughs> mm -hmm. Just give me that game if you're going to force feed, you know, race shooting mechanics on me. But, um, yeah, it's just, uh, there's some animation fumbles that they do, too, where uh, only a couple times do you go into this, uh, like, for example... You get into Hagar's car, and I don't know why, but these letterbox bars come in from the top and bottom to kind of crop it, and then once you get in, it uncrops, <laughs> which is like, what? But that's not really a cutscene. Why are you guys doing that? Why don't you just keep the same aspect ratio? What is, what is this bar thing? And I think it does it later again when you get uh, caught by some guys. I mean, it doesn't happen that often, but it's a little distracting when it when it does happen. Like, I, I don't think that's necessary. You can probably just keep those bars away. It doesn't make it any cooler. A little weird. Yeah, strange. But um, I will say some some of the some of the sections were fun. Like the Dead City was interesting to explore. Uh, the part with the Russian dudes that Redstone wants you to kill are, are pretty funny, just because of how they freak out. And, uh, yeah, I, I like those two zones. There's some other stuff that are pretty retarded. Like, there's an area with these guys, this tribe called the Jackals, and they really just make a lot of, I don't think they're racist noises, because I don't think there's a particular race, but they sound obnoxious. They sound like maybe what somebody would think, like, a stereoty stereotypical American Indian would sound like in, like, one of those old movies. Like, you know, like, what the fuck are you saying? You oh, could wow. speak some kind of English, you know, like, ugama, ugama, you know, like, and then they're, like, jumping and flipping towards you the whole time. So it's a little weird. <laughs> it's inconsistent. But regardless... Hopefully, whoever's listening to this also had some of the same issues I had, because I felt a little like ripping my hair out at some of these points, just because it's like, why are you doing this? I know, I can think of many different ways how you could avoid doing some of these things. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I, and I don't know, 
if this engine is going to be used for other things or if it was really just for rage. I could see the potential in some of it. I do think they seriously need to fix that texture pop-in before they use it for anything else. Because that is definitely the biggest grievance I have with the engine. I don't know what is wrong with it. Even Carmack, uh, John Carmack admitted um, there was some interview where he said, yeah, it was probably a mistake to gear this engine towards consoles. Uh, as opposed to towards PCs as as the main device, because I think probably you have to um, you have more limitations when you have a console in mind rather than you know doing a PC first and then kind of conforming it to consoles after. Yeah. So that was a bit of a bizarre choice for them, but maybe I don't know. There's there's definitely some reason they had. I don't know what it was. <clears throat> but yeah. So raging on rage. <laughs> anyone has any comments to add or any uh, um, if, if you don't agree or if you do agree please email me name a game podcast at gmail.com uh, I just love to hear a friendly voice agreeing with me on some of these things because it drives me nuts every time I go to one of the sites with a review or like game trailers or one of those like video reviews there's nothing but people saying this game is awesome this game is great like are we playing the same game did I somehow get this like this bizarro world version of the game? <laughs> Just everything's bad and nobody's happy. Like what? What happened? Uh, what happened? What happened? But uh, yeah, so, so that's that's our spoiler alert section for today. Thanks, thanks for listening ever so much. I just had to get that off my chest. I feel so much better now. Come back next week when Iggy shouts about something else. <laughs> shout I think I was very coherent I think sometimes I just get very punchy with my <laughs> with how I say things I'm not yelling <laughs> anyway thanks for listening guys see you guys next week see you. adios rage rage